stationary. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called nanodots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, <laughs> that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paper-like, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com Ajax to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics Catch-Up. This is a, a side podcast. A, a spinoff, an offshoot, 
a, a an event tie-in of the War Rocket Ajax podcast where we catch up on comic books that uh, we missed along the way, somehow, some way. So we, we catch up on the comics, hence the name. It's pretty pretty easy. Yeah. Right? Not hard, I don't think, to, yeah. to grasp the idea. Pretty simple uh, concept. I don't know why, why all of you are giving me so much shit right now. <laughs> uh, in the opening music, I actually explained it. Yeah, that was Matt from the past. That was Matt from my present, your past, and the other Matt's future, Matt Wilson. I'm Chris yeah. Sims. And uh, we are here to catch up on uh, on some agency. Chris Sims, a constant in time. Yeah, I exist at all points in time. <laughs> Much like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, we're catching I'm up. I'm also on- nude. <laughs> We're catching up on some some agency, as Chris said. We are catching up on the uh, Al Ewing, mostly League Arbit drawn, but not entirely League Arbit drawn, series Loki, Agent of Asgard, which I believe ran from 2014 until 2015. And the way you can really date this is by the... <laughs> crossover events that run through the book yeah buddy i can i can tell you for sure it ends in 2015 (laughs) yeah because it ends because of secret wars yeah and before that it involves quite a bit from the axis crossover sixes yeah the logo of which looks like sixes because they wanted it to read the same if you flipped it upside down and that I don't know how well that worked as a logo. Um, it's not, you know. First of all, I haven't thought about Sixus in a hot minute. Uh-huh. Roughly seven years, probably seven to eight. Yeah, seven to eight years. Uh, so I haven't thought about that logo in a while. That logo is not as bad as I remember. But it does look like Sixus. It does look like Sixus, but it is it is it is clearly legible as Axis. Sure. It's got the line going through it. You know, I didn't really keep up with Axis all that well when it was coming out. Me either. Happening. It's not a bad idea for a crossover. We've talked about how good of an idea. What? Why can't I Acts think of Vengeance? Acts of Vengeance. Yes, it's it's very much like Acts of Vengeance. Yeah, I knew, I knew when you said good crossover idea, I knew which one it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Acts of Vengeance is the one I was trying to think of and blanking on for some reason. Because Acts of Vengeance was about what if everybody switched. Villains for particular heroes fought different heroes. Yeah, Ultron fights Daredevil. Yeah. Axis was what if everyone's alignment switched. So bad guys became good guys and good guys became bad guys. Which is also clever. Not a bad idea. Very similar, I feel like, in concept to Acts of Vengeance. Here's the thing. I feel like it's a very DC idea, mm, yeah. if that makes sense. DC is definitely t- tends to be more lo- willing to make its heroes bad guys. Yeah, but I mean, like, also, well, yes, and to make its bad guys protagonists. Yes. But it also feels like, like, I can very easily imagine it as a Justice League story, you know? Yeah. With a heroic Lex Luthor 
and a heroic Joker, the Heroker. I mean, it's just that's just Earth three, right? I mean, yeah, I guess that is true. You got me there. So maybe six. This wasn't as original of an idea as I thought, because it is just Earth three. <laughs> I do. I do feel like it is better in concept than it seems to have been in execution. Yeah, I didn't read a ton of Sixes or Axis. It's um, probably the most I've read of anything you that... You should have had a tie-in with PlayStation called it Six Axis. Yes. Yes. Should have done that. The most I've read of it is probably what is in this Loki series. And it's neat. But as far as in the context of this Loki series, which ran for 17 issues... It feels like an interruption. Yeah. And which also feels like a very DC Comics thing to happen with your uh with your second tier uh short-lived 17 issue book. Yeah. I I look, okay, so we sometimes we just pick books to read for catch up. Like if we come across something on an episode of Every Story Ever and we're like, "Oh, we should read that." Sometimes we just do it. Sometimes we just catch up on that book. And sometimes we do a poll of listeners to ask them what we should read. And this time we did a poll. It was very close. It was like just a few votes separated Loki Agent of Asgard, which ended up winning, and Avengers Arena, which was another 18-issue or so Marvel series from maybe a little earlier than this one. But roughly the same time period. And I wonder if I would have had the same reaction to Avengers Arena that I had to this. A book that a lot of people seem to like, and that I think has a lot going for it. But I would also say of all the Al Ewing stuff we've read, of all the Al Ewing stuff we've read specifically for catch-up, this is the one that I would say was the most kind of just like solidly good but didn't blow me away. Yeah, I feel the same way. It doesn't feel like it quite hits the highs of the Loki stuff that came immediately before and immediately after. Yeah, because we read the Daniel Kibblesmith Loki series, which caused some frustration for different reasons, because it was clearly truncated. Yeah. Clearly cut short. What's frustrating about this series is that it keeps getting interrupted by events, I feel like. Yeah, it never quite gets to the pr- – like, it never really goes into the premise of Loki, agent of Asgard. Yeah, that's the most frustrating thing about it. Because yeah. the, the premise of – the premise as introduced in the first issue, and the first issue gives us an example of this, and then after that, it sort of goes off in different directions – The premise of the first issue is that this Loki, who is like the third iteration of Loki, because he's not original 1960s Big Horns Loki, because that Loki is the antagonist of this entire series. Well, sort of. It's it's a little bit nebulous, but... It's a little bit... He's... He is the version of original evil, god of evil Loki, that turned himself into a crow. 
to survive Ragnarok that then murdered the kid Loki who was in Young Avengers. Right. That's the, that's the protagonist of this book. Which also, we, we've talked about comics that are hard to follow. Like a lot of Grant Morrison comics. Like, where do you go? Where do you go in Justice League after everyone in the world gets superpowers and everyone in the world is in the Justice League for a minute? And they all <laughs> fight Mageddon the Anti-Sun? Where do you go from there? What the fuck do you do after that? Al Ewing and, and Lee Garbutt are like, hey, we have to kind of of do the comic that comes immediately after and deals with the consequences of what is probably the most shocking and emotionally resonant Loki moment of the past 20 years? Yeah. Here's the way I would put it. In this series, I, first of all, I don't think the series is particularly welcoming to new readers. <laughs> if you haven't read Young Avengers, I don't know what I don't know what you're going to think. Yeah, reading this thing, but essentially, there are three Lokis who were in this book. Even though technically the older, completely evil Loki King is Loki. just. King Loki is just the protagonist of the book, that Loki's future self. Yeah, which I like that idea because that's clearly in response to Jason Aaron on Thor with young Thor, present day Thor, and King Thor. It's like, oh, well, then what's what's Loki like? Yeah, I think that's very true. And And kid Loki doesn't actually appear as a character in here. He appears as like visions and memories. And he appears as the crime that will not be forgiven. As literally stated. Yeah. Um, and, and he haunts the Loki who is the protagonist of the series, but here's the way I would put it. Kid Loki is babyface Loki, like fully babyface. Good guy. Loki mm-hmm. King Loki, the older Loki is entirely heel Loki. He's the Loki who says, you think you could do good. You people think you could do good things, but they're impossible. And you'll be just like me. You just wait and see. You'll get corrupted and rot from the inside. Like I did. He didn't sell out. He bought in. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's tweener Loki. And this Loki says, the only thing that's for sure is nothing's for sure. <laughs> Always have a plan B. The, then there's Tweener Loki, who is the protagonist of this book, who is very much so Tom Hiddleston MCU Loki. So much. Like, this, enti- this book exists as kind of, like, in the same way that... that there was like, hey, can we get a Nick Fury who looks like the Nick Fury from the movies yeah. without uprooting all of Marvel Comics for the past 50 years? Cool. This is that, but for Tom Hiddleston, for sexy Loki. For sexy Loki that people care about. Definitely. And and he's not fully good, but he's not fully a villain he sort of walks the line very much like movie Loki does. I've read a lot of Marvel comics from this time period, and I don't think I've ever read one, perhaps with the exception of some Guardians of the Galaxy comics. 
I don't think I've ever read one that is as, hey, here's what you like from the movies, as this. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's it's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's is it's this in Guardians of the Galaxy. I, we didn't actually explain the premise. So the premise is yeah. that Loki. May I, Matt? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so evil Loki murders kid Loki <laughs> and takes over his body. So, uh, basically obliterates Kid Loki's soul as part of this long con plot to make everyone think that he is the the good Kid Loki and not the bastard Loki that we know. The guy who uh, made Bald of the Brave take up the sword again. So, in order to kind of cement that, he starts working for uh, the All-Mother... Who is it? It's Freya? The only one I know for sure is Freya. Yeah, yeah it's they are named at one point, but it's it's the a triumvirate of women in charge of Asgard. Yeah. Uh because Odin is off doing other stuff. Yeah, like he returns is- he returns later, but Odin is not in charge at the when his book starts. Yeah, Odin stops being king of Asgard around the same time that Thor stops being Thor. That Thor Odinson stops being Thor. And and Jane. And becomes Jane becomes Thor. Thor. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's Gaia, who is Thor's presumed mother. Uh of course, as we all know now, Thor's mother is the Phoenix. Uh it's Gaia, Freya, and Aiden, who is uh Aiden of of course of the Golden Apples, who would be the the Queen of Vanaheim, I guess. Yeah. Uh so they are collectively the All Mother. So Loki is going to do missions for them with the exchange being that for every mission he accomplishes for their ends, they will erase from history one of Loki's crimes. So it's literally a book that is about Loki trying to escape his own past, which is a really cool premise and a really cool literalization of that premise that the it never quite gets to do. It does. He accomplishes one of those missions and gets one of his crimes erased in the first issue. He kind of does one in a, in the second issue. We at least get a flashback to like him interrupting a heist mission on behalf of the All Mother. Yeah. And and it comes back later at another point, but but it really does go off in another direction. It never is that like kind of episodic. Here's here's Loki's new caper. Yeah, here's Loki well, having I, James would, Bond adventures in the Marvel universe. I would love for that book to exist. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of like what Black Cat is <laughs> is what this yeah. book should be. Or, or seemingly what I, I feel like Al Ewing pitched it to be. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, I, I don't think that would keep coming up unless there was a plan to do that. And then it just never got to be that. Yeah. Or, or maybe that wasn't the plan. I don't know. But it, it, Well, it feels like that is a very solid premise that really plays up what has just happened to this character. Like literally trying to change his past self, but it, it never really comes up. And maybe it's because like of 
different stuff that was happening in Thor at the time that kind of determines where a lot of these characters wind up. Like, Loki gets a supporting cast uh, that includes his best friend, Verity, who I like a lot. Verity, who cannot be lied to. Verity is the best part of this book. Yeah, and and, and Siegfried, uh, the, the great hero of Asgard. Sigurd. Was it Sigurd? Yeah. yeah. Sigurd, the uh, first hero. Sigurd, who, the first hero. Who gets introduced, the entire third issue is a flashback story introducing Sigurd and his sword uh, that causes people to reveal the truth about themselves. Graham. Graham the sword. You may remember it from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. It, and Loki's relationship to Sigurd. And the fact that that issue exists, and it's an entire issue of flashback, makes me feel like there was definitely a thought that this would go more than 17 issues. For sure. Because that, that issue's good, by the way. It is good. That, also, like, that issue has one of the best moments of the series. Yes, but it it's it's it indicates a sort of deliberateness to the storytelling that then cannot be undertaken as the series moves forward. Yeah, and I bring up Verity because all of Verity basically becoming Loki's best friend and Loki becoming her best friend kind of happens off panel. Like it's fine. Like, you know, we don't need to see every moment of their relationship, but it's like they meet, they hang out. And then it's like, Oh, you're my best friend. They meet on a speed dating. Like Loki goes speed dating to try to sniff out another Asgardian, the one who pulled off the, the heist. And there's like a, an identity fake out in that second issue. Yeah. Um, but Verity, yeah, she, she's there in the speed dating, and I think that's maybe supposed to uh, be another fake out where you think, oh, Loki and Verity are going to be like a romantic item. And then there, that is never broached and never really discussed. They only ever call each other their best friends, and I love that. No, I, I like that too. It's just like I, I feel like the – love that they only have a platonic relationship. Hard agree. But I feel like the establishment and development of that friendship is compressed. Definitely, yeah. Uh, which is a bummer, because like, Verity's a really great character. And like their relationship at the end of the series, when, uh, when <laughs> Loki steals her soul to keep her from dying in, in Secret Wars 2015, uh, that shit's great. And that enables her to come back in the Daniel Kibblesmith Loki series, yeah. which she does in that last issue, which makes that last issue of that series make a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. But I, 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 yeah, I just, there were things I wanted this book to be that it couldn't be. And I know that that's a bad way to judge a work of art. <laughs> like, Oh, it's it wasn't the thing I wanted it to be, even though it was good. Like the the trickery, the stuff with Doctor Doom, the like the way they fake out Doctor Doom, Verity and and Loki, and the way Verity kind of convinces uh, Valeria that she's trustworthy. Um, all of that stuff is super fun. Like the way they fake uh, Sigurd's death. Mm-hmm. The dumpster, 
The the running the cotton on Mephisto is really really good. Oh, that's that's one of my favorite moments in the in the book. Yeah, uh, by a long shot. Like all that stuff is good, but the entire time I'm reading this book, I'm just thinking it's not paying off on the premise I was promised, and that that is unfortunate. Because I wish I could have just like read it and liked it for what it was. Yeah. It reminded me a lot, and just recently I kind of like went back and, and read through the uh, Tom Pyre, Rex Morales, Our Man series, yeah. which is also about 18 issues, uh, and then gets weirdly compressed at the end. Uh, and there's like a Day of Judgment tie-in in there. It It reminded me a lot of that book, in that it's like, You've got this really compelling premise. You know, this omnipotent robot needs to learn to be human. Loki needs to escape his own past as the god of lies. Well, he's, okay, not only escape his own past, but with King Loki being a representation of his future, he wants to escape his future also. Yeah, he's got he's to gotta escape his past while avoiding his fate. Yes. That's a really good bit. But it just, it never quite, everything here is good, but it never quite comes together the way you want it to. It keeps getting interrupted by itself, or by Marvel Comics writ large. The Marvel Comics of 2014 and 2015. It gets sucked into the Odin's son isn't Thor anymore of it all. Yeah. So in the Axis stories, Loki is able to pick up up Thor's hammer and fight him. Because Thor has been... He's not like evil, but he's just kind of a jerk. Dick. Because of Axis. And because he's he's lost his worthiness. That's fun. That's a fun issue. Uh, Thor bringing Loki in front of the the other Asgardians, once he finds out that he killed Kid Loki, that's really good. Uh, The showdown between King Loki and the Loki of this book, who is, you know, wrecked with guilt about what he did to Kid Loki. That's good. Like, there's nothing in this book that I would say is bad. So it's it's weird to feel like we're complaining about it, but again, like the only way I can kind of express it is I wanted it to be something else. Yeah, yeah, and and I think like the it, again, very risky proposition to ascribe motivations behind what we have, but it does seem like the book also wants to be something else, and. Again, everything here is good, but it is kind of – it's all compressed. The issue after the Axis tie-in where Thor comes over to Loki and he's like, hey, Loki, uh, I just want you to – like, I just want to say I'm sorry because I was a dick and you were right and you, you know, you're the good Loki. And yeah. I, I'm, I, I owe you one. And then Loki's like – yeah, I killed the good Loki. I'm the bad Loki. Like the 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 combination of like Thor showing up to 
praise him and also that like taste of what it was like to be good for a minute just fucking ruins him and then that's what breaks him like that's what makes him give up this horrible secret that he has like that shit's good that shit's really good but it comes as like right after axis <laughs> and the axis issues themselves are okay yeah they're okay they're they're yeah. fun for what they are it's much like the secret wars issues like this book has to end because of secret wars right yeah. and look this is it's it's Al Ewing and Lee Garbutt. There is a baseline of quality here. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is higher than average, for sure. The The book has to end because of Secret Wars. So the last issue just becomes about saving the one thing the creative team can save that they put in this book for future Marvel comics. And that's Verity Willis. <laughs> yeah. Whereas the focus of all the stuff going on around that is like Ragnarok it's it's all the Asgardians like having their big their latest Ragnarok their big final battle as as the incursion happens and the world gets destroyed before it's put back together as battle world and the fact that that happens so much in this book which it feels like that should happen in Thor but Thor is again Thor is all wrapped up in Jane Foster being Thor. Still feels like that should happen in Thor. <laughs> sure, yeah. Like, it's weird that that happens in Loki. And it's good! Like, the bit where the like cowardly Asgardian dies, is killed by Hela, and then like wakes up as one of Hela's minions, because if you die a coward, you're Hela's. Yeah. That shit's good. And yeah. then the twist of that, where Freya uh, sacrifices herself in battle so that she can come back because if you sacrifice yourself in battle, you become one of the Einarjar and fucking bust out of Valhalla. That shit is good and and is happening in the majority of the book that also has Verity's origin story, which kind of feels like it should be a, a whole issue. <laughs> yeah, it, it sort of feels like by the end of this, it's become at least half the Asgard book. Yeah. More so than the Loki book, because it's got to do that. It's got to tell that story. It's got to get those characters over the finish line of where they need to be before Secret Wars happens. Yeah. And it's just a lot of kind of like, well, you gotta you gotta tie it in with this. We got this story coming up. We got this event happening. Oh, we gotta set things up for X, Y, and Z. And the idea of what this book was seemingly intended to be uh, doesn't. It, it gets a bit of short shrift. Yeah. And again, I want to stress this. I don't think any of it is bad. No, it's good. I just, I wish it could have been the book it seemed to want to be. With all that said, I feel like we've talked about it. We've talked it through. Let's rank it. Let's rank this this series. I, I, I do think I probably like it the least 
of all the Al Ewing stuff? Yeah. That we have done? Yeah. Which, again, still good. Yeah. Like, do I regret reading it? Absolutely not. But compared to that, like, Al Ewing run on Guardians, for example. Yeah. uh, Which is at 237. I, I think it definitely goes below that. Yeah, and and for the record, like kind of the end result of this book is we get fusion Loki, we get yeah. the, we get the all Loki, which yeah. is also a really good idea and a really sure. good way to get uh, this book should be called sexual Loki. Mm, yeah, he is he is the sexual, but well, yeah, he's the sexual he's sexual and not. He's like simultaneously sexual and not because again. He has a relationship with Verity that is completely non-sexual. Yeah, but but this is the this is the hot Loki. He's definitely hot. Yeah, yeah. Or well, they are definitely hot because Loki does switch genders in here at points. I also like the little bit along those lines about how Loki can shapeshift into anything as long as it's Loki. <laughs> Which explains why how he was cat Loki and how he's Lady Loki and how he's like hot Loki. Uh but he can't just like turn into a dragon. <laughs> yeah. I, that's that's great. That's great yeah. like figuring out an explanation for a thing. Also, this thing does go full on. It's a story in it at the oh, end. Yeah. But it's good. It's good. I, Brother. I like that shit. Yeah, I like that shit too. Um, okay, I, I thought Ultimates 2, or I'm sorry, Ultimates, yeah, The Ultimates 2, the Ewing Ultimates, was lower than Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's higher. That book kicks ass. It does. Uh, it does. I'm trying to think of what other Al Ewing written books we have on here. We've done, we definitely did his Ultimates. We definitely did... Guardians of the Galaxy. There's that Judge Dredd holiday special. It's not as good as that one. I was thinking about that one just the other day and how I maybe said some mean things to you when we read that one. Yeah, that one's higher than any of them. It's at 102. Uh, Any other... Can you search on your annotated list for other Al Ewing things? Uh, let's see. Uh, Dread Choose and Xmas, The Ultimates, The Ultimates 2, Contest of Champions is at 213. Okay. Uh, that book also kicks ass. Guardians that's of the Galaxy okay. is at 237. Yeah. And that's it, as far as what I have noted. Okay. So it, it's definitely below that Guardians of the Galaxy. That's That's what I know for sure. Yeah. What what do you think? Where do you think it could wind up? Keeping in mind that it's a top heavy list, definitely. So. I started looking at five hundred. Yeah, because I was looking at three hundred. Thor the God Butcher is at three hundred four, and that is that is better. Buddy, seeing red, aka Captain America three hundred fifty, is in the four hundreds. The list is carved out of marble. We we are merely the arbiters, but. I would maybe move that up now. I mean, we've uh, got three thirty-two to three fifty inclusive in there. I think that's a good place for it. But also, with Captain America three fifty kicks so much fucking ass. It's such a good comic as a single issue. It's yeah, it kicks 
a huge amount of ass. They do not make a lot of them better than that one. I mean, clearly about 403. Yeah. But, uh, all right. 500 is Whedon Cassidy, astonishing X-Men. Divorcing it from everything else. That book was kind of a sea change in a way that I don't think this necessarily is. Yeah. Like, I I think this is the Loki that we're going to have from, for the foreseeable future. Loki certainly is Catwoman. You know, he's never going to be a bad guy again. He's always also, be a tweener. Yeah, always going to be a tweener. Yeah, for sure. Um, 520 is Captain America, Man Without a Country. That shit's pretty good. That shit is pretty good and wild underrated. Yeah. Uh, 550 is Flash Chain Lightning. This is probably better than that. All right, then I would say let's put it at the new number 550. Yeah, because I don't think it's as good as a shot in the dark where Wally's watching a movie and someone opens fire with a machine gun and he goes reflexively into super speed as soon as the bullet touches the skin. Yeah. It rocks. And uh, I don't think it's better than the Hark of Vagrant comic we have at 549. Hunks for Christmas. So at the new number 550, uh, Loki, agent of Asgard, will go. Also... For several issue, Agent of Axis. But we'll just call it Agent of Asgard. And that'll do it for this comics catch-up. If you have an interest in sending us a comic to catch up on, uh, you can do it at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us at warrocketpod. Or you can hit us up on Tumblr, warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. Matt, I have just identified a problem. What's that? I didn't realize this, but that does put it three spots above Planet Hulk. It does, yeah. You want to move it down? I think it might need an adjustment. All right. All right. This is unprecedented. It, look, with the, the show is still going. It's true. There's no way this is better than Planet Hulk. I'm sorry. Okay. I would say put it down to 560. 560. So, above Incredible Hercules' Sacred Invasion? Uh, yes. All right. It's now 560. Yeah. Right below that issue of uh, Transformers that is the office book, Cars. All right. Wow. In the middle of the outro, uh, a a quick change. And again, Uh, again, top-heavy list. 500, five, number 560, that's not good. Well, it's above Leon some bitches. It's still in the top half of the list. Yeah, um, it's above the the kid who collected Spider-Man. Yeah. So uh, if, you would like, if you would like to be a part of our Discord, you can join that by invitation. Before we re-ranked the Loki book, I said a bunch of places where you can contact us, so contact us in those places for a discord invitation this show is made possible by your support on patreon patreon.com slash war ajax is our uh, patreon page uh, go there to support the show if you are so inclined if you cannot support us monetarily you can support us in other ways with reviews on the podcasting app that you use or just by word of mouth by telling your friends about the show if you want to find me and my stuff I'm at mattdwilson.net. It has links to everything. My books, my comics, my social medias, my other podcasts. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website. 
It has links to things that I do. Uh, you can also find out about me on the War Rocket Wiki, if you'd like. That has the list on it. Sure does. It sure does. We'll be back next month with another comic that we catch up on. Darn right we will. We'll figure out what that is when the time comes. Uh, until then, everybody. Good catching up. Good catching up.